This episode is sponsored by Angular Dev Summit, coming September 11th through the 18th, 2017. Hi, it's Chuck from devchat.tv. I've reached out to some of my friends in the Angular community to put on a completely free, no travel conference for Ruby developers. We have speakers like Rob Wermald, Jeff Welpley, and others coming to speak about all kinds of topics in Angular. So if you're trying to learn Angular or you're trying to level up Angular, come check it out. The talks are happening throughout the day each day and we'll have a chat available during each session. Attending the talks is free, but you need to register. Go to angulardevsummit.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another My Angular Story. This week, we're going to be talking to Gil Fink. Gil, do you want to say hi? Hi, everybody. How are you? Now, you're calling from quite a ways away out there in Israel. Yeah, it's 9.30 in the evening right now. All the kids are asleep, and I'm here with you. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's uh, just past noon here in Utah, so it's, it's funny how that works, you know, with you being, what, a third of the way or almost halfway around the world so yeah oh well, whenever i have a customer in the u.s it's the the same yep. <laughs> sometimes it's the morning sometimes it's evening so we just adjust to any situation <laughs> yeah i've had contracts and contractors both in hong kong philippines uh different parts of europe and yeah i've worked with people in india so i i get it yeah now, we, we got this scheduled for a couple of reasons. One, I think you're going to be on Adventures in Angular a little bit later on. But yeah. we also have you speaking at Angular Dev Summit. Yeah, I'm going to talk about uh, animation. It's the new buzz in the Angular world right now since 4.3 when the Angular team finally uh, pushed the animation model, the uh, whole animation model again, rebranded and refactored and everything inside of it. And uh, I'm going to talk about it uh, in the conference. So a lot to expect. Awesome. Very cool. So do you want to give us a little bit more of an introduction, just who you are, what you do, who you work for, what kinds of things you tend to do for them, that kind of thing? Cool. So uh, if you don't know me, I'm Gil Fink. I'm the CEO of Sparksys. Sparksys is my own consulting company. We are doing consulting uh, in the front-end uh, field. I'm a Microsoft MVP in the last nine years. Uh, I'm, as you understand, doing front-end work uh, not only with Angular, but uh, mostly with Angular. And I wrote a book called Pro Single Page Application Development, which explains how to create single page applications and guidance to how to do that. Uh, I'm sorry, but it was written in Backbone. <laughs> back then, <laughs> three or four <laughs> years ago. But uh, I think that the, the same rules apply today. So if you want, go and uh, download it or grab it from the internet or something like that. Other than that, uh, I'm uh, also one of the co-organizers of uh, Angular App, the conference that uh, was uh, last uh, month in Israel. We had around 700 uh, uh, attendees in the conference and a lot of international speakers came to speak in the conference, and it was very, very cool. You can find the, uh, a lot of references, and the recordings are uploaded to the internet uh, uh, in the last few days. So a lot to expect from the sessions. Other than that, I can tell me about myself a lot and a lot, but uh, currently I think that it's time that we go to you, Chuck, and uh, awesome. things that you want to 
Ask me. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the point of this is basically to just capture people's stories. I think a lot of people get this idea sometimes that the people that we hear from, either at the conferences or at various events, are somehow, you know, we put them on a pedestal and we don't realize that they got into code the same way we did and they got passionate about the same things that we did and then eventually, you know, they're, they're working on a lot of the same things that we are. And, you know, I, I just want to make code approachable and also just help people realize that code is written by real people on the other end, too. So let's dive in. How did you get into programming? Oh, OK. So I think that the first time that I saw and I had a computer was uh, when I was 10 years old. Uh, it was 28 years ago. I had a wow. compatible or IBM compatible computer with a a uh, four colors CGA screen uh -huh. and MS-DOS as operation system. Back then we used uh, 1.2 megabytes uh, disks to start a computer. And uh, my computer had a floppy disk with 1.44 megabytes disks. <laughs> so as a kid, uh, the, th the first thing that you do with your computer is, of course, games. So if you want to go to some retro games that, that I played back then, it was like Digger and Pac-Man and uh, all the games that you can't find today because today the games are very sophisticated. Mm -hmm. And I was always fascinated about computing. So I, I used a lot of uh, command line tools back then as a kid to try to edit the games that I was playing. And this is the first time that I started to do some programming. So in high school, I decided that I want to learn computer science. Since uh, between grades 10 to 12 grade, I learned Turbo Pascal and Excel because it was mandatory in school. Excel. What the <laughs> hell? It, it, it's not a programming language, but okay, computer eh, kind science. Of. Kind of. And this was the first time that I wrote uh, some unprofessional programs, uh, some methods, some uh, some things that do calculations and et cetera, et cetera. And I was always fascinated with those things. So at the age of uh, 22, I, I decided that I want to learn computer science in college. So I started my computer science uh, bachelor uh, degree. And since then... <laughs> I'm uh, here programming like all of the listeners of uh, this show. And I think that the first company that hired me was uh, a company that uh, found me during my uh, third year in uh, college. They approached me and they asked me if I want to work with uh, in a small company that worked on a very big and known Israeli web portal. It's the government portal for the Israeli government. Uh, so this was the first thing that I did as a web developer. I wrote, I helped to write the government portal for the Israeli government. So this was, I think, five minutes about how I became a programmer. <laughs> yeah, but it's interesting, and there's a lot there to kind of dig into. I mean, one of the things is that I, I know that some people kind of take the, well, you know, you were exposed to computers or computing as a kid, and... You know, so how can I ever compete with that or how can I ever, you know, get to the level that you're at? But at the same time, a lot of this is approachable enough to where a kid can pick it up. And so I think there are two ways of looking at that depending on what outlook you have on programming. And, 
you know, so as a 10 year old kid, it's like, oh, how does this work? And I start playing with the computer and, you know, a lot of those fundamentals are, they're the same. Yeah, I, I can cope with that there because I was very curious kid. I want, I always try to, you know, destroy some tech that I got and see what's going on inside. Uh-huh. But I wasn't good. I, I wasn't good in that. <laughs> right. Okay. So I decided not to destroy the hardware, but rather to start to understand how the things that operate the hardware works. And this is what led me to computer science, not uh, anything else. Um, I think that the uh, you know, it's it it's the curiosity that led me to start doing those uh, those things, not more than that. And if you are curious about something, go and learn it, go and explore it. So this is what I did when I learned the, the first bits and bytes about Turbo Pascal in high school. To tell the truth, I, it started like, oh my God, it's boring. What are those variables uh-huh. and things like that? And after a few lessons, I digged everything that they that they explained to me, and then I it was like, dong, okay, I know, and now I understand why I need to learn those things in order to do something. And this is mm-hmm. what uh, what I'm doing all, all all the time. I'm trying to explore everything. You know, I'm always telling junior developers that you want to use a framework or even a library, go open the source code and just read it. Some yeah. very, very, very talented developers wrote those this code. And you can learn from those, uh, from that source code, how to develop or how good practices look like and this is what i did and this is what i'm doing all the time one of the things that i can recommend is uh, i know that backbone for example is very very it's old mm-hmm. but uh, one of the things that uh, very interesting about backbone is you can go and you have uh, the old source code online and you have uh, the explanation from the author how and why they did this and that in the source code. So go and look at it. It's not Angular, but it can help you understand how MVC or framework like Angular might work. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's interesting too, because I remember when Backbone was new and I picked it up and I was so excited about it because it was it solved so many problems as far as just organizing the jQuery mess that I had. And, <laughs> you know, and then we wound up with things like Ember and Angular and, and React and, and, you know, where we're at now. But I don't think we would be where we're at now without Backbone. And so just kind of understanding the steps that we took to get to where we are, I think, is extremely helpful. Yeah, it was backbone and it was knockout. It's uh, this the, if you come from the Microsoft world, then most of the Microsoft guys or girls went to knockout. So mm-hmm. it was knockout backbone back then, and now it's as you said, it's Angular, Vue, React, Preact, whatever, whatever, whatever. I even saw some something called Cell a few weeks ago that uh, was shipped and it looks interesting. So I will probably dig into it uh, in the next month or two if I'll have time for that. And I think that 
if you're curious and you love what you're doing, then go open the source code, look at what people are doing, and try to learn from from those people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, how, how did you get from the land of, uh, you know, working on the government project and uh, things like that into Angular? Okay, so when I worked on that government project, it was between 2005 and 2007. It was, uh-huh. you know, well, well, back in the past, 10 years ago. First time that I heard about Angular was four years ago. I was uh, managing the web department of a company, my last employer, because currently I'm, I have my own company. Mm-hmm. And I was involved in a web app project that included jQuery and Backbone. And my VP came to me and uh, he said something like, uh, you know, there is uh, something called Angular, people are talking about Angular. Why did you pick Backbone again? So I said to him, uh, okay, let's take a look at what is this Angular thing that you're talking about. And I went online and I I started to read about it. And uh, I said to myself, okay, it's more than a library that I'm using. It's a framework because Backbone is a library and it includes everything that I need in order to do some stuff. So what's how can I learn it better? So I helped that my last employer uh, included a college uh, that uh, teach uh, developers how to develop in Israel. So I started to create their AngularJS course and by that i started to understand how angular works and this was probably one of the last projects that i did to that company uh, before i became a freelancer so mm-hmm. uh, they have their angular js course uh, a lot of the, the models there are uh, my own i don't know if it still exists because everybody is moving into Angular 2.4, right. uh, but uh, uh, I think that uh, a lot of people learned from that course, so I impact some people with the course here in mm-hmm. Israel. <laughs> um, so I don't I don't have a you know a amazing story about how I became an Angular developer. It was some you know <laughs> a p- progress. Uh, we progressed from jQuery to Backbone and jQuery, and then uh-huh. from Backbone to Angular. And today I'm doing other stuff because uh, it's not Angular JS; it's Angular. And I also I'm also doing some React and Polymer, and even Aurelia. I had a customer uh, one month ago that asked me to do to help them to do performance tuning with Aurelia. So I did that as well, and I saw that uh, Rob is going to be in the Angular Dev Summit mm-hmm. as well. So cool! I'll, uh, I will pr- definitely go and see what he's going to talk about. This is how I became an Angular developer. <laughs> Just moved on with everybody else. <laughs> nice. So, what was it about Angular that made you decide? You know what? This is the thing that I really want to be doing. First of all, I think the community. The community is one of the best things about Angular. 
I have uh, uh, a few friends that uh, we share the same passion. Uh, some of them, I think uh, you interviewed in the past, like Shai Resnick mm-hmm. and Uri Shaked. And if you ask them and if you ask me and if you ask any, any other speaker, Angular speaker, they will say to you, definitely the community. And of course, the approachable of the team. The team is very approachable and I could talk with them uh, in Angular Connect when uh, I uh, was uh, there last uh, last year and in other conferences as well. So I think that, first of all, it's the community, then the, the people who are creating the, the, the framework, the library. And this is the thing about the framework. This is what drives people to go to one framework or another. It's not the company that's involved in that framework. This is the decision that enterprises uh, probably do and mm-hmm. not not developers. This is what helped me to, to feel very, very cozy because you open uh, Stack Overflow or uh, other uh, places that uh, people ask for help and uh, I think that you see different kind of people in different kind of uh, communities, and in Angular, apparently the the modest are uh, the, the the people are are more modest and more uh, happy to help, and uh, that probably helps uh, other developers get into that framework much more faster than in other frameworks. But, uh, you know, um, since I'm uh, uh, doing a lot of Angular, so I had the experience of having some, some other library issues that mm-hmm. I had, that I needed some help. And I didn't get the same vibes as in the Angular community. Um, so th- this is the, my two cents about uh, what drags me into the Angular more, world more than uh, other libraries that uh, or frameworks that exist out there. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's funny because, you know, you talk about the community in, in particular, and I have to say that, uh, you know, that's a lot of what has drawn me in as well. And when I first got into programming, I got into, I got into Ruby. And the Ruby Ruby was growing and booming and things like that, kind of like Angular has over the last several years. And it really was the community as much as anything else that just kept me around. Um, you know, people were so helpful and just very, very encouraging. And I got to know people. And it, it makes a huge difference. And it's funny because, you know, I mean, we have kind of the framework wars and some people get really, you know, invested in my solutions, right? And then other people are, you know what, this is working for me. It does what I need. And I love where I'm at. I love the community that I'm a part of. And, and that's what matters to them. But, you know, I, I stayed in the Ruby community long after Ruby was kind of in its prime. You know, it's not moving as fast and things like that. It's one of those boring, stable technologies now. And uh, it was because of the community. It was, it was the, the kind of help and the kinds of things that I could do in it and the kinds of people that I was associating with. And I I get that. I still get that a lot in the Angular community as well. And I think a lot of that also comes from the core team and just the top down, the way that they approach stuff. And, you know, they're they're open. They they converse frequently with um, some of the technologies that people use alongside it, like TypeScript, as well as um, the technologies that could be considered their, their competitors. And they treat all of those folks with 
respect. And anyway, it's just really great to be part of a community where um, it's not just the technology, but the people matter. It's more than that. There is a lot of collaboration around Angular. Uh, you, you mentioned TypeScript. Uh, I'm, I, I probably was one of the early adapters for TypeScript. Uh, I think a few weeks after Andres Helsberg introduced that language uh, to the world. So when I heard that TypeScript is going to be part of Angular, it was uh, like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, cool. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, um, it it can help a lot. Don't I'm not going to say that I'm in love with TypeScript because I, I have the Stockholm syndrome with JavaScript. Okay, <laughs> uh, but if you will give me to write write code in vanilla JavaScript, you will see me very smiling like a, a small kid. Uh, but uh, I also love TypeScript, and uh, it it can help a lot. And I think that the collaboration, TypeScript, Angular, and uh, RxJS and uh, other core libraries that they included in Angular, that makes the, 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 the collaboration uh, and that ge- takes some people from other front-end areas and drive them into Angular. Mm-hmm. Webpack, Browserify, whatever. Those, those, those tools around the Angular are developing and once you have collaboration, people start, start to uh, to do some interesting things, uh, the, the the frameworks or the libraries evolve into something better, mm-hmm. and people help one each other, and that drives them to some, or hopefully the the libraries or the frameworks to some other state, uh, making them more approachable to people from other areas. I think that I'm not doing any C sharp. Uh, in the last uh, three, four years. But when I was a C-sharp developer four years ago, it was very... When I had to open the console and write JavaScript, uh, I was something like, okay, that language again, JavaScript, yeah. (laughs) Now, Now I'm not doing that anymore. I'm very, very happy with JavaScript. But back then, five, six, even... Eight years ago, it was like, oh my God, I need to write it JavaScript code. Mm, please kill me. <laughs> <laughs> n- not not today, but uh, yeah. it, it's it, it, JavaScript evolved, and you have a lot of uh, evolve evolvement in JavaScript in the frameworks in the libraries. Who knows what the future is going to be like in uh, you know two, three, four years from now in uh, in the front end area? It's so true. Yeah, I. It's funny because yeah, I was in the same situation to a certain degree where it was, oh, I have to write front end. You know, I have to do JavaScript, and it's gotten so much better. <laughs> Life is so yeah. much better. Yeah, and. You mentioned we we both of us mentioned the community. So uh, I don't know if you know, but uh, I, I'm involved in a few little things. I have few open source things that I'm maintaining right now. I created the Angular 2-index DB service, uh, which you can find in GitHub. That uh, in, 
It's a service that wraps IndexedDB functionality, expose it in promises way to Angular. And I even wrote some directives in the past that I published and people are using it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. People are using things that I'm writing. One, one big mistake that I did was seven, seven or six years ago, I wrote a library that called story.js. Okay, I'm I'm part of the uh, the JavaScript fatigue. I'm writing libraries. Yeah, uh, it's your um, fault. Yeah, I'm, I, it's my fault. <laughs> so uh, I I wrote a library that uh, wrapped all of the storages uh, in the browser and exposes the same exposed the same API. I thought that it's cool. It's funny. And uh, back then, when I wrote it, I even wrote my own promises style uh, code that uh, when I look at it today, I'm just horrified. Um, and please don't use that library anymore in the story.js if you're using it in some production. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, it's not maintained anymore. But uh, I'm still maintaining the Angular 2 index DB and the, the ng-print directive for AngularJS. It's a print button mm -hmm. that with the print behavior for browser printing and uh, you can find a lot of contribution that i did you know online videos and uh, etc or even something that i did with uri shaked in angular connect last year mm -hmm. uh, we did a workshop uh, that combines ionic and bluetooth api and angular of course and all of the workshop is online so you can go and see the source code for some ionic application that uh, while we're using Bluetooth API into some uh, bulb and uh, mm -hmm. change it the bulb colors and etc cetera, etc cetera, and play with that, um, and you have all the workshop details online, so you can go and do the workshop at home if you want. Mm -hmm. uh, so go. <laughs> I might have to check that out. Yeah, that it's, sounds like it's fun. cool. Yeah, uh, and you, you know the uh, it's uh, something's very funny about uh, Angular Connect last year. Uh, all of the attendees got the color light bulb, the Bluetooth light bulb. Oh, nice! And and uh, I wrote it in a post. Uh, Uri and I are responsible for you getting the bulbs because that that was uh, something that we suggested. Uh, that everybody will be able to come to our workshop. So uh, the Angular Connect team thought that it's a good idea to buy 1,000 light bulbs. <laughs> 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 so everybody who came to Angular Connect last year got a bulb, and uh, if they wanted, they could have created the app and see how the bulb interacts with uh, an Ionic application. And that's cool. That is cool. So yeah, I usually do ask, you know, what what contributions have you made to the community that you're especially proud of? And it sounds like you've you've done a few workshops and written some libraries. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we talk about what you're working on these days? I don't think so. Um, always approachable. So if anybody needs help, you, you can find me in the internet, and I try to help other people, other developers with mentoring. Lately, uh, since I'm a freelancer for the last in the last four years, uh, I was approached by other 
junior freelancers to get some advice of how to get started, uh, how to get started. And so I started to create my own uh, a life of a freelancer post uh, posts in my blog, and uh, hopefully it will help other uh, junior freelancers to understand what they are going to face and what drove me into becoming a freelancer in in a whole. Uh, so. This is this is another thing that I'm doing. I'm uh, in Israel. I'm part of uh, two uh, startup accelerators as a mentor for startups, and I'm doing that uh, on my own time. So uh, it's not something that I'm hired to do, but rather I'm just doing that. One of them is the Google Launchpad uh, accelerator. Uh, so I'm helping Google. Uh, with the mentoring for startups. And uh, another one is a university accelerator that uh, people from the university come with ideas and we help them to make those ideas startups. Mm -hmm. So this is uh, some other contributions that I'm doing right now, other than just writing libraries or delivering workshop sessions, uh, etc., or even writing articles in some uh, uh, magazines because i i'm doing that but not rapidly or extensively cool well the last section of this show is picks this episode is sponsored by hired.com are you searching for a new job that can be stressful scary and time consuming pushy recruiters try to sell you on roles you don't actually want and the job boards make you feel like you're throwing your resume into a black hole never to be seen again and sometimes you go all the way through the interview process just to find out at the very end that the salary, offer, or company culture doesn't match what you're looking for. Hired is the world's most intelligent talent matching platform for full-time and contract opportunities in engineering, development, design, product management, data science, sales, and marketing. We make your job search faster, focused, and stress-free. Instead of endlessly applying to companies and hoping for the best, Hired puts you in control of when and how you connect with compelling new opportunities. After completing one simple application, top employers apply to hire you. And on Hired, you receive personal interview requests and upfront salary information so you can make informed decisions about what opportunities to pursue over a condensed timeline. Hired offers access to more than 4,000 innovative employers, including big brand names like Facebook and smaller emerging startups. The size and type of company you want to connect with is totally up to you. And we help you find new opportunities in 17 major cities in North America, Europe, Asia, and Australia. Open to relocation? Let them know. Your privacy and autonomy in your job search is of utmost importance. And if you go check them out at the show's link, that's hired.com slash adventures in Angular, you can get double their normal hiring bonus. So instead of $300, you get $600 for signing up at our link. That's hired.com slash adventures in Angular. Okay, so I want to shout out about something that it's called Goodness Squad. Goodness Squad is a JavaScript Israel uh, meetup project uh, that uh, we're meeting uh, every month, uh, one day in a, a month, and uh, we're just helping other open source libraries like Angular CLI and other libraries to evolve. So you have a, a meetup that uh, wraps uh, 50, 50 developers in teams that in one evening trying to help other uh, libraries and etc to evolve and to, to adapt. Uh, lately, we're thinking about trying to add more countries to that, uh, in, that uh, initiative. So we started to think about how to make it more approachable to other in other countries to create some goodness squad 
uh, meetups other than in Israel in other countries and we will have will be happy that uh, you will join that uh, that initiative and do good stuff for other developers like you uh, the second thing that I want to shout about is Angular to IndexedDB, my library. I'm currently, I don't have a lot of spare time to maintain that library. So if there is somebody who wants to do pull requests, we have a few, few open issues there. I'll be happy to uh, get some help if you want, if you love that uh, library just come and help me. And uh, the last thing that I will shout about is uh, I saw a movie last week with my 10 years, years old kid. It is uh, the Spider-Man Homecoming. It was very mm -hmm. cool. I'm a Marvel fan, so everything that includes Marvel things, <laughs> uh, you'll hear about it from me, uh, if you will know me better. I also read DC, so I I'm... Just, uh, you know, uh, love comics and everything uh, around comics. So uh, I will shout out that uh, that movie is cool. So if you want to go and watch that movie, go ahead and take your kids with you. <laughs> Don't leave them at home. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to jump in with a few picks myself. One of the things that uh, I've been working on lately is just uh, getting things a little bit more, I guess, systemized and lined up with the business around the podcasts. And one of the things that I've been working on is just, you know, understanding finances and managing the business. And I've been reading a book called The Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Ecker. And I read The Millionaire Next Door by T. Harv Ecker, but not The Millionaire Mind. And if I, if I had to pick one, I'd go back and read The Millionaire Mind. It's, it's terrific and just talks about specific things that you can do in order to to just change your mindset about what your potential is and, and how you think about money and business. The Millionaire Next Door is also really terrific and it talks more about kind of the lifestyle that, that leads to being a millionaire, but it doesn't, it, it digs some into the mindset, but not like the millionaire mind. So I'm going to recommend that book. And then as far as being a freelancer, you talked a bit about that. I am a former co-host and currently help produce The Freelancer Show on devchat.tv. So if you're looking for uh, information and advice on becoming a freelancer, go check that out. Uh, one of the hosts on that show is actually from Israel as well, Reuven Lerner. So anyway, if you're, if you're interested in that at all, at all, go check that out. And the last pick, and this is just kind of a hurrah for me, I guess, is that I'm a member of Toastmasters International, and my club held a speech contest, and I am adva I advanced in the Tall Tales category. So I'm going to be speaking at the area contest in a couple weeks. So uh, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, if you're looking for opportunities to learn how to communicate and speak better, and if you're looking to become a freelancer, communication is pretty critical then definitely check out Toastmasters. The first 10 projects you wind up doing talk about just different aspects of speaking. And these come down to not just public speaking, but as well about uh, areas areas of, of speaking that you're going to do with your clients and customers and things like that. So recommend that as well. And uh, yeah, so you can check them out at toastmasters.org. And uh, if you're in the Utah area, then uh, find Lone Peak Toastmasters. We meet on Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. And uh, it's in Draper, Utah. So 
Anyway, if you're interested in that, check that out. You should be able to find us and figure out where we meet. But there are Toastmasters clubs all over the place. And so, yeah, definitely interesting there. And then I also finally want to just tell people again to come and see what Gil is going to show us at Angular Dev Summit. And that's at angulardevsummit.com. If you're worried about costs, there's no travel. It's all online. So those costs don't exist. And if you want to come and watch the talks live, there's also no cost for that. I do have all access passes that get you access to the videos after the fact and things like that. But for where we're at right now, you know, no cost if you want to just come and watch them live. So anyway, if people want to follow you, Gil, on uh, Twitter or GitHub or just see what you're working on these days, where do they go? Okay, so Twitter, it's Gil Fink, G-I-L-F-I-N-K. You can find me there. You can find me at gilfink.net. It's my uh, website. Or uh, you can go to Medium and I'm uh, Gil Fink there and read the posts that I'm doing in my blog. So uh, the first place is probably Twitter, but uh, you can go to gilfink.net as well and find every information about me there. You can find the, my email there. You can find even my uh, phone. But please remember that the timelines, uh, differences, time differences. So don't call me at 4, four in the morning <laughs> or some, right. things like that. <laughs> so one um, other thing, you said that you run a consultancy. And I like people to be able to talk about what they do. So if people are thinking, you know what, Gil sounds like a terrific guy to work with. Sounds like he knows his stuff about Angular. We're looking for some consultants to help us with a particular problem. What kinds of problems will you solve for them and how do they find you? Okay, so first of all, my business is called Sparksys and I have the sparksys.com website. I'm mainly doing front-end development. I'm currently fully booked for the next uh, three, four months. So I won't be able to help a lot, but if you need any help, you can approach me and I might have some s slots that uh, will be available. I'm doing mainly front-end uh, development and profi profiling and performance tuning in front-end. I'm not only dedicated to Angular, but rather uh, I have experience with other libraries like React and uh, AngularJS, of course, and Backbone and Knockout. And I think that... Uh, I have broad understanding uh, of architecture and front-end architecture. So this is another thing that I'm doing for my customers. Uh, currently, I didn't say that, but I'm leading some very big application building. Uh, it's an IDE for a very major company enterprise in Israel, and they have their own automation IDE. And we're it's uh, two teams that are working currently and I'm leading all the architecture and all the aspects of code quality and and other stuff related to technologies and everything else. So I'm doing that as well. As, as I said, feel free to approach me if you need anything from me, if it's in Angular, if it's anything else, if you want to talk me with me about, uh, as Chuck said, freelancing, I'm happy to help. Just send me an email or just tweet me in Twitter or whatever, and I'll try to answer you as soon as possible. Awesome. And Sparksys, how do you spell that? Sparksys, it's S-P-A-R-X-Y-S. All right. I knew it was spelled so, different from what I think most people would type in. So there you go. Yeah, 
I know it's uh, it's not uh, a usual think uh, is Spark, and so I didn't want something like Think Systems or mm-hmm. something like that, and um, even Spark Systems or whatever. So it became Sparksys. That's the that that's how it came to life. <laughs> that that awesome. name of the company. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. it was cool to get your story. Um, hopefully it inspires some folks to go out there and try new things. Um, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, and we will catch everyone next week with another story. Thank you for hosting me, and it was cool talking with you. And if you're a developer out there, just do good stuff, people. Yep. Believe in yourself, and you'll go farther and farther in your developer life. Yep, absolutely. All right. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.